Well, good evening and welcome to Celebration Church. I want to welcome our other campuses that are joining with us via satellite right now. Our campus over on the west side of Green Bay and over in uh, Stevens Point. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas to all of you. Glad you could be with us this evening. It is Christmas Eve, my annual reason to get the tuxedo out. Yes. Though I must confess, my wife had to move a few buttons. Each year this thing just shrinks. It's a shrinking tuxedo. I don't, I, we need to get one of those non-shrink tuxedos. That would be awesome if we could do that. You know, The strange thing is for all the effort that goes into doing all this, at the end you look in the mirror and I, I feel like a ticket taker at Marcus Cinema. And I, you know, I was like... <laughs> It should lift you up, you know, but I don't know. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. At Celebration Church, we have a simple three-phrase slogan that's designed to kind of wrap up who we are, what we're about. It's our mini Beatitudes, if you will. It's called Be Real, Belong, and Become. And I thought this Christmas Eve, as we're all gathered together, I wanted to take a quick look at how we learned these bees in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. First of all, be real. Talk about being real. God himself in human form. What an amazing thing. That he would leave the splendor of heaven, the glory of eternity, to come and be one of us. And you know, if Jesus had been born in uh, an incredible mansion, the wealthiest family on the face of the earth, surrounded by... Comfort and gold and glory and sweet-smelling incense and all of that. Even at its best, it would have been a horrible shock to leave the glories of heaven to come down here at our very best. What's truly amazing is that he came and as lowly as he could be, be born in a manger. That had to be a shock. To leave the glories of heaven in your first breath is manure-laced air, dust. (laughs) Wow, what a shocker that had to be. That he would come and to be one of us. He lived amongst us. He faced life just like you and I face life every day. He faced the same fears. The same tests. The Bible says even the same temptations. Says in every way any of us have ever been tempted. So was Jesus tempted. And though innocent. He suffered at the hands of cruel men. Who humiliated him. Who beat him. And ultimately took him and nailed him. To a cross. Trust me when I tell you. You can be real with God. When you pour your heart out to him, no matter what you're going through, trust me when I say he knows what you're going through. He experienced it himself. 
be it betrayal, be it doubt, be it rejection, pain, death itself, Jesus faced it all as he came to be the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. And the whole time he was here, he kept challenging the status quo amongst the religious people of the day. They were so caught up in their traditions and their ways of acting and being very holy and all. And if there's one simple way of phrasing what Jesus told the religious people of his day was, Hey, be real. This is about God. This isn't about you. This is about knowing him. It's not about your rituals and your practices and all your preconceived ideas. Be real. Now, one of the knocks on people of faith is we're often called that, uh, you know, I don't like Christians. I don't like going to church. They're, they're phonies. They're not real. Now, that's not always a fair judgment since whenever a person tries to grow in an area that is new to him or her, it will always seem a little phony, a little weird, a little strange. Why? It's something we've never done before. Every time you take a new step of faith in your life, doing something you've never done before, it will seem odd to you. It might seem odd to the people around you. Some of you just sitting here this evening, uh, some of your friends would have a heart attack to catch you in church on Christmas Eve. And they say, goodness gracious, he's being a phony. Why? Because you don't normally go to church. But every time you step, it's not being phony to step into something, to attempt something that you've never tried or reached out before. What makes people phony, and there is some credence to this, is when we start to pretend to be something that we're not. We're not to walk around with plastic faces and trying to give everybody the idea that we're something when we're not, that everything is great when we're hurting on the inside. People often so desperately in pain, yet they don't want anybody to know what they're going through. That is being phony. We need to be real. God can handle it. We can all handle it. How about we just be normal people? Be honest with one another. Again, stretching in new ways, learning new things, that's all fine. But let us, as we ponder this Christmas Eve, to realize, hey, God loves me, he knows me, he knows my circumstance. There's nothing I'm facing that he hasn't faced and is intimately acquainted with. We can be real with God. So be real. Number two, the idea of belonging. Now, if there's one truth that Jesus taught us, it is this. That as people of faith, as Christians, we are part of one another. We belong to one another. We are, in a very real sense, responsible for one another. In short, we're to love one another. But love, what does love mean? I love this portion of scripture in Corinthians, the 13th chapter. It's called the love chapter. Now, this is frequently read at weddings, you know, when they stand there cow-eyeing each other with all the excitement and endorphins flying about, reading about the love chapter. Well, that's fine and well, but this wasn't written to people under a drug-induced state of romance. This was written to all of us, everyday people of faith, with the challenge, hey, Love each other. 
And Paul starts to describe what love is. He says, love is patient. (laughs) A lot of us would lose that right there. (laughs) Love is patient. What's he going to shut up? (laughs) There are places to go. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud and arrogant. Love is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered and keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, boy. Here's a biggie, huh? Man, when people are hacked off, if there's one thing they do is keep a detailed account of all of your transgressions. I know I get those letters on occasion. It's It's quite uplifting, I must say. As people go through the list of what you did not quite right and exactly when you did it. And I remember that day because it was raining and the paramedic pressure was 29.92 and it was the wind was out of the east. <laughs> I remember. And they go through the list of transgressions, transgressions. And the minute people go through and they start rehearsing all of your faults. Be assured of one thing, they are no longer walking in love. Why? Because love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts. I don't know if I can trust. It's because you're not walking in love. Because love always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Jesus taught us that a real church, that real Christianity is about being part of a family, a family of faith. And like a real family that doesn't always agree with each other at the end of the day, despite driving each other a little bit crazy, we stay connected. After all, we are family. I come from a fairly large family. I don't know about some of you, but there's a couple of siblings I have that I'm convinced were dropped here by aliens. (laughs) rather strange creatures and we don't see eye to eye on a great many things but you know what at the end of the day we're still family that's the way it's supposed to be at large in the kingdom of God we need to love each other we need to belong and then finally become Jesus taught us how to be patient until we become what God wants us to become He waited until he was 30 years old before he began his ministry. I know, I feel the same way. (laughs) Now they're quiet. All right. Talk to them, they get quiet. He waited until he was 30 years old. Now that had to be tough because we know that he knew who he was. And even, you remember the story when he was a young boy, uh, mom and dad went to Jerusalem and doing the, you know, the worshiping and stuff there, and then they're all headed home, and mom thinks Jesus is with Joseph, Joseph thinks he's with mom, you know, they think he's with Uncle Fred, you know, whoever, and anyway, they get halfway home, and they're going, where is he? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I don't know! And we're yelling and screaming at each other, I'm sure. And finally, they turn around, and they go all the way back, and here is Jesus in the temple, and he's teaching teaching the leaders of the day. They looked at him and said, what are you doing? We've been going crazy looking for you. And he says, don't you realize I have to be about my father's business? But they took him home. I mean, even at the earliest age, but yet he goes home and he waits and he waits 
And he waits until he's 30. It had to seem like an eternity. But you know what? God is not in a terribly big hurry. It takes time to become. To get into the right time. For us to become what God really wants us to become. It takes time. And oftentimes it's easy to get frustrated, you know, because we're not quite there yet and it seems to take forever and I still struggle and everybody's got their issues and we keep pressing on. But as we be patient and stay at it, God's work inside of us by the Holy Spirit will help us to become the people God wants us to become. But it takes time. There's a great phrase that says, I'm not what I ought to be. And I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God, I'm not what I used to be. Amen. Hallelujah. So be real, belong, and become. And last week I wanted to add an extra one. Be nice. (laughs) Be nice. Let's just be nice to people. It's Christmas. I know we all got to see people that we would rather not see sometimes and things will be a little crazy and the tensions and stuff. But in the midst of all the insanity, in the midst of all the hubbub, in the midst of this, that and the other, just remember as people of faith, we can best reflect the life of God when in the midst of it all, we just determine, you know what, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to invite all the ushers at the campuses to get ready to come and serve communion as we uh, wrap up our Christmas Eve service. It's our tradition to end with communion each year. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. As we wrap up our Christmas Eve service as a time of reflection and take communion together, let me ask you a question. Do you truly know this wonderful Jesus that we've been talking about, that we've been singing about, that we've been celebrating this evening? You see, it's one thing to know about Jesus, another to really know him. See, he came, he died on that cross For the sins of the world. Why? So that he could remove what blocks God in our lives. So that we could truly get to know him. And experience him. If you've never truly experienced God in your life. And you're willing to turn away from what you know is wrong. And say God forgive me and help me to really know you. You can really experience God for the very first time maybe in your life tonight. If you've never done this before. I'm going to invite everybody to bow their heads with me in a word of prayer here in this campus as well as our other campuses joining by video. I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to invite everybody to pray this prayer along with me. If you'll mean this prayer from the bottom of your heart, you can start to take your first steps of faith this evening and you can come to know this wonderful Jesus that we're talking about. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much You went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender to you. Amen.